Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back. That high-speed driving is no joke. All right, if you're going over 100 miles an hour, you're you're wrong. All right, you're not cool and tough, and uh, the gal in the passenger seat is not impressed. Okay, you're endangering yourself and others. Don't mess around with that, okay? I got a baby girl I drive around on these roads. All right, help me keep her safe, will you? Sorry, I got worked up a little bit. I, I heard that. I heard Nick share that piece of news right there, that over the weekend there were a handful of folks arrested for driving over 100 miles an hour. Come on. You you want to drive that fast? Uh, you, you pay the you pay the entrance fee like everyone else. You go to the track day, you hang out there, you drive your fast car, or what? What is the autobahn out in Germany? You can drive as fast as you want there. Not on these roads. Not here in Utah. All right. Keep yourself safe. Keep your family safe. Keep my little baby girl safe. We're all gonna be okay. <sighs> Very good. Oh shoot, I'm frustrated about this story too. So uh, down Utah County. Uh, the attorney, David Levitt, he held a press conference this morning, and it has to do with those two businesses from some weeks ago that were accused of requiring COVID-positive employees to return to the workplace. And remember, uh, you and I were on these airwaves going back and forth talking about how irresponsible that is and how many cases resulted from this irresponsible behavior. And there were calls to reveal the names of these two irresponsible companies in the, in the name of public safety. How could, you, how, how could the Department of Health, how could the county commissioners keep these names secret when you and I could unwittingly just walk right into this business, patronize them, and on the way out pick up the coronavirus? It was a threat to public safety to keep those names private. Well, 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 well. How the tables turned or turned tables or however the saying goes. Turns out we didn't have the story right. Not, not we here. Uh, but if you remember, first word of this came in one of the last little lines in a press release put out by the Utah County Commission. It made reference to some interviews that have been conducted by the Utah County Health Department after speaking to some of the employees who made it seem as if their employer had required that after testing positive for the coronavirus, COVID-19, that they return to work. And that by requiring these staff members to return to the workplace, that they then, in turn, spread that around, ultimately resulting in 68 cases of the coronavirus. Well, guess what? This morning, Utah County Attorney David David Levitt says that the information previously released by the commission was simply wrong. Attorney Levitt says, quote, in the first week of May, the Utah County Health Department reported to the Utah County Commission that nearly half of the employees at a Utah County business had tested positive for COVID-19 after the business instructed their employees to not follow the quarantine guidelines and that they required staff who had tested positive to report to work. The quote continues, attempting to protect the public by warning other businesses not to engage in such conduct, the county commissioners issued a statement that repeated the health department assertion. 
I'm referencing right now an article at kslnewsradio.com written by my good friend and expert reporter on this radio station, Paul Nelson. Paul goes on to describe Attorney Levitt's comments saying that during the contact tracing done by the county, there were statements made by those infected that led the health department officials to believe that they were being forced to work despite having tested positive. Those statements were then relayed to the commissioners who then relayed them to you and me as an example to businesses of what not to do. The county commission informed the public. All of this, now here's the thing. I I do believe this part here. David Levitt points out that uh, and asserts that all of this was done with the honest, sincere desire to warn and protect the public and with the belief that it was true. This, as the county commission issued that press release containing the allegation that these companies had required COVID-positive employees to return to the workplace. The article finishes with a final quote by David Levitt, which reads, quote, In fact, there were not two businesses that were forcing employees to work. That information was not right. It was communicated out of an abundance of caution from the health department to the county commission. And as we've gotten deeper into the issue, we have learned that the, the assertions weren't true. You and I had a conversation last week that was based in the principle of you cannot do the right thing the wrong way. The hopes of the county commission here was to keep the public safe, was to share information that would aid in the protection of the public. And maybe that happened. You know, who knows? Maybe uh, the, the fear derived from any aspect of this story, maybe it caused uh, some business owner or some employee to act in a, a new way, a way that they wouldn't have otherwise, and that that new behavior limited the spread of the coronavirus. But it was done the wrong way. And you can't do the right thing the, right, the wrong way. In this business, talk show host, or as you hear the newscast, the expert news reporters here, uh, or I mentioned Lisa Riley Roche from the Deseret News, reporters, people who, who, who trade in information. The tenet of this business is to get it right. And anything, anything, anything that comes across my desk, I look at with a scrutinous eye. I scrutinize that. And, and I feel bad sometimes. Producer Amy gets a, a lot of questions from me, uh, which, which might sound challenging and, and obnoxious. She's got a tough job. And it's because my objective every day is as I share information with you for that information to be correct. And that's important. And it's important not just in this business, but in every business. And it breaks my heart that the county commission in Utah County, people I admire, people who have been on this radio program, this is an isolated incident. Please don't let this paint the picture of your whole attitude towards these commissioners. They are wonderful individuals. They are good-hearted, and they do much, much good. They are guests on this program regularly, and the next time they are, uh, we are going to talk about the issue of that day, and this will be ancient history. Right now, we're learning a lesson, and it is that you must get the story right because the consequences can be dire. You heard all of those calls to release the name of the companies. Release the name of the companies. Here in Utah, we have uh, grandma law. 
That's the, the public records law that deals uh, with information uh, which exists in the public domain. You can make requests of various agencies and organizations uh, in, the, in the public sector here in Utah. And there were a number of uh, outlets that were going after the names of these companies. And I know that on social media and some other areas that the names of the companies did get out and they were spread around. Uh, but for the most part, that wasn't the case. And if it turns out that these employers were in fact innocent and that they did all that was required of them to mitigate the spread of this virus and it was just because of the misinterpretation of a few comments made by a few of those employees that their name was besmirched, I'm glad that the names of those companies remained concealed. And I am pleased that there was follow-up on this. And I am pleased that now we have something resembling the full story. And I'm grateful to KSL News Radio's Paul Nelson for covering it. I'm grateful to Utah County Attorney David Levitt for sharing it. And I am grateful for all those who remained engaged in digging and digging and digging to find out that what we had once thought was the truth, in fact, was not. Because the truth is important. And it is what keeps us on the straight and narrow. So let's keep it up. Remember that you and I and all those in government and uh, in every sector, we have a responsibility uh, to get close to the truth and to rely on good information. It's a theme of this program. I talk about it all the time. Social media can sometimes be a confusing place. And you and I, as consumers of social media, have to uh, do our best to scrutinize that. And here's an example uh, where good scrutiny and good legwork and good follow-up uh, ultimately has led us to uh, something more <laughs> resembling of the truth. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to be talking about another issue that deals in truth, and it has to do with various companies and organizations and individuals around the country making false claims about treatments for the coronavirus. You know, the FDA has approved nothing, and yet there are those claiming, in an effort to make money, that they've got some cures for sale. We're going to talk to U.S. Attorney John Huber, my guest next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.